the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and hour number two is underway at nine minutes past ten o'clock on this Thursday, the 28th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2019. I want to share a little bit more with you on H.R. 5, the Equality Act that Dr. Everett Piper and I were just discussing. This um, is extraordinary. Um, It's an extraordinary threat, is what it is, on religious liberty, maybe... And again, I don't like to be hyperbolic. I don't like to go over the top. I try to be, you know, reasonable in my, in my discussions of these things. But I don't think it is over the top to say this may be. I won't say it with, a, with, equivoc- or, uh, uh, with authority here. I may be equivocating on this, but it may be the greatest threat to lib- religious liberty that I have seen in my lifetime. At least among things that have made it as far as becoming a House resolution. The Equality Act essentially seeks federal persecution of Christians. In the name of equality, they're going to attack and assail Christianity. The NewAmerican.com put together a pretty extensive piece on this. So did Liberty Council, which I shared with you uh, a portion of when I talked to Dr. Piper a few moments ago. Let me try to give you a little bit of both. If you're a Christian, by the way, and really it shouldn't even just be Christians, if you believe in religious liberty, I don't care if you're a Jew, if you're a Christian, if you're a Muslim, if you're, uh, I don't know, those are predominantly the the three, I suppose, that, uh, that, that might be listening right now. But I don't care who you are. You, 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 if you are for religious liberty, then you should back um, what I'm about to share with you, which is complete and thorough, uh, unanimous uh, objection to H.R. 5, the Equality Act. 
if you believe in religious liberty. And if you think, well, I'm not Christian, I don't care. Well, what happens when they come for yours? Democrats in Congress are pushing equality legislation that would criminalize all of our religions, essentially. If you, if you get right down to brass tacks, it would criminalize Christianity, Islam, and Judaism by forcing virtually every institution in society, including religious institutions, to hire, serve, and promote homosexuals and individuals who are confused about their gender. A number of, simply because they are those things. Now, obviously, no one that I'm aware of who is Christian is supporting the abject exclusion or not hiring people who, who fit those particular uh, uh, demographics of lifestyle. Nobody's saying they should be discriminated against, but instead what the Congress is saying through H.R. 5, promoted by the Democrats, is that we must hire, promote, advance, etc., etc., these individuals in the interest of, quote, equality, which is, of course, backwards. It essentially makes them more equal, if you will. And those who do not fit those demographic lifestyle choices, um, they would be thus in or unequal or less equal or essentially discriminated against. A number of analysts have warned that by enshrining sexual orientation into the statute being promoted here, even pedophilia could be protected. In the House of Representatives, Democrats have already uh, more than enough co-sponsors to pass this bill. And in the Senate, they're getting very close. But a massive coalition of critics from across the political spectrum and a broad array of religious leaders and traditions are rising up to stop it, stop it before it's too late. Among other changes, the so-called Equality Act, also known as H.R. 5 in the House and uh, S. 788 in the Senate, purports to, quote, prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex, gender identity, and sexual orientation. To do that, it would enshrine... Uh, actual or perceived sexual orientation and gender identity into federal statutes. That would give homosexuality, transgenderism, and other perversions of human sexuality and gender the same protections as race or sex in employment, housing, public accommodations, and more incredibly, the legislation specifically states that religious freedom may not be used as a defense under this bill. Let me hit that last phrase again. Religious freedom may not be used as a defense under this bill. And it would apply to churches, religious schools, religious hospitals, religious employers, gathering places, sports, all government entities, and more. Christian adoption agencies would be shut down if they refused to place children with homosexuals or other individuals confused about whether they are men or women. In other words, psychologically disturbed individuals must be given children, (laughs) despite the obvious dangers that would provide or present, uh, or these agencies would be shut down. Churches, synagogues, mosques would no longer be able to uphold marriage between men and women or any moral standards of sexuality at all. Counselors of faith would be banned from helping people with unwanted same-sex attractions or gender confusion to provide them with such therapeutic uh, discussions would be tantamount to discrimination. Christians, Muslims, Jews will no longer be allowed to seek out counselors to help them deal with those issues 
Indeed, under the measure, everyone would have to affirm the LGBT agenda or face persecution and destruction at the hands of the federal government. Remember a long time ago when I told you about the LGBT mafia and some people mock that and say that's a terribly offensive thing to say? How can it be viewed as anything less? Strong-arm tactics intended to rob you of that which you already have. That's what the mob did for their own gain and for your own or to to essentially marginalize you. It is. Churches would lose rights to the new American, their tax exempt status if they do not submit school if they do not submit to this. Schools would lose their accreditation. You heard Dr. Piper mention that if they do not bow down to Caesar. And that's just the start. The gender madness is breathtaking, too. Under the legislation virtually everywhere across the United States, men who claim that they're women will be allowed to use women's restrooms, showers, changing areas, and even bunk with women on trips, including church trips. It's already happening in government schools and some radical businesses, which continue to face a massive boycott for putting women at risk. But under this bill, the policy would be forced on churches, domestic abuse shelters, Christian schools, and more. The bill would also force participation of men who claim to identify as women in women's sports, all but ensuring that no biological women would ever win another sporting competition. Where are the women's rights advocates? Where are you, those who march for women, or women's march, or whatever they call the, uh, where they wear the genitalia hats and so on and so forth that they have every year? Where are you marching for women's rights? Because you are about to lose so much and so many of the advances that you have made in the last century. Because men who say, oh, no, I'm a woman, Uh, never mind my chromosomes, never mind my genitalia, never mind my hairy chest, never mind uh, my big, thick musculature aided by testosterone that all men share, Uh, never mind that, I'm a woman, I'm about to go and win that gold medal. And you have to put up with it. Back to the New American, it would put young girls nationwide at risk as any man in the country could simply walk into female facilities under this bill, claim to be transgender, who identifies as female. Numerous incidents have already occurred, and this would open up a Pandora's box of mischief and dangerous encounters, according to critics, of which I am one. In the House, this legislation, the Equality Act, has been co-sponsored by almost 239 members, more than enough to pass the bill. In the Senate, meanwhile, S.88, uh, excuse me, 788, already has close to 50 sponsors, and over 100 of America's richest and most powerful megacorporations are lining up in support of this travesty, this massive assault on the First Amendment freedom of religion. Considering the growing outcry, it's highly unlikely that President Trump would betray his base by signing this bill. However, it is not guaranteed. And despite the president's crucial support from evangelicals, the administration has emerged as very LGBT-friendly across a range of issues, including promoting the legalization of sodomy and homosexuality around the world. Now, I'm going to pause here from reading from The New American to share with you Some of the bullet points that H.R. 5 supports, as listed by the Liberty Council, which sent out a press release yesterday, also warning of these dangers. 
This H.R. 5 Equality Act would amend federal employment and public accommodations law by adding that sexual orientation and gender identity would be uh, receive the same protections as race. In other words, the federal government would be signing on to saying we must all participate in the mass delusion that somebody who is a male but thinks he is a female or someone who is a female but thinks they are a male, we would all be forced to sign on to and help promote that delusion. And that's what it is. It's a psychological delusion. And anybody who argues against that is what the left would call a science denier. Science cannot be changed. Your chromosomes are your chromosomes. No matter what surgery you may perform on yourself, your chromosomes tell you what you are. Your genitalia tells you what you are. It is a delusion to be one thing and think you are something else. Just as it is a delusion, a psychological abnormality for a human being to think he is canine and to live his life in his squalid apartment on all fours, eating out of dog bowls, relieving himself in yards. This happens. He says he identifies as a canine. Should should people around him be forced to accept that? Or should people say, that guy has a mental problem, a psychological delusion? I told you the story last week of a formerly transgender man who wanted to thought he was a woman, then realized I'm not a woman. In fact, I'm nothing. I am a non-gendered alien. I'm not human. I am an alien from another planet. Lives his life this way. Had surgical procedures done to remove elements of humanity. I won't tell you what those things are but had surgical procedures done and says, I identify as alien and expects people to follow suit and say, yes, you're not man nor woman, you are alien. Should we approve that delusion? Should we encourage and support that delusion? Or would we say that person needs to speak to a professional? Psychological counseling is in order here. This person is denying his humanity and thinks he's some sort of a space alien. Most of us would agree that is is the correct course here. But according to the Equality Act, anybody who suggests that a man who has the same delusion of being alien, meaning this man thinks and has the delusion that he's female, that doesn't require, in fact, not only would it not require psychological intervention, psychological therapy, those things would be against the law. You could be stripped of federal benefits, such as accreditation and grants, for daring to suggest that this person seek psychological counseling, let alone try to provide it. This is a very, very dangerous bill between H.R. 1 and H.R. 5. We are at a tipping point, my friends. Uh, i got to take a break here because it's 1023 already. We'll come right back and see if I can get your thoughts on this in a couple of quick phone calls. Bottom of the hour, we've got another great guest we're going to talk to as we continue on AM 1420. 
1028, now the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll get a phone call or two in here from uh, Donnie in Euclid, who's been waiting a while. Go ahead, Donnie, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. First of all, um, I, I just wanted to say for, first, uh, there was a... Uh, a movie because uh, you know I'm. Donnie, a, I don't have time for movie. movie. Uh, Donnie, I don't have time for movie reviews. Let's just get to the point. Well, I just well, basically, what I wanted to say was that this is a this is a symptom uh, that started many years ago, and if you and I don't know how many people know it, but if I'm not mistaken, I believe that there is a there's a similar law that went into effect many years ago up in Canada, and this sounds to me like it's very similar. To that bill where you can actually be fined in Canada if you if if a, if you're a pastor and you preach out of the Rome uh, Romans the first chapter. That's interesting. I don't know about that. I would have to look that up, Donnie. I'm glad you brought it up though because I don't know necessarily believe that emulating Canada is something that our country should be terribly uh, interested in. Uh, thank you, my friend Kate in Vermilion. Next, hi Kate. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Um, this is Kathy. Uh, listen, um, I want to make a comment real quick, and I also want to give an invitation to you. Okay, my comment first is I sit on the board of our church, and I want to encourage your listeners to inform their parish clergy to contact whoever's head of them, whether it's bishops of their diocese, to um, let them know about this and to um, spread the word through their own local parishes to contact their congressman regarding this. Cause it's, Absolutely. It's wonderful Absolutely. Yes. Okay, second thing is an invitation to you and your wife, if you would like. On April 6th, we have yearly, annually, we have um, a fundraiser for Clean Water, Lake Erie, and um, they do a, a fundraising show where they have teams of people come together to create designs of clothing through recycled um, fabrics and uh, materials. And uh, it's a wonderful show. It's unbelievably creative. It's set to music and uh, backgrounds. It's at the Lorraine Palace Theater, April 6th. And this year, last year we featured Greyhounds for adoption. This year it is called Backing the Blue. And basically that's featuring families and friends that are coming together to create these designs out of recycled materials from law enforcement families. It's a great team. I want to encourage it you so- to review it. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like online. a wonderful organization. It sounds like a wonderful night, too, but it's weird. This is April 6th must be a popular night to have events because I've been invited to two other events that night, and ah. the one that I'll be attending, I'm actually the MC of, which is uh, uh, Salute to Heroes uh, for the Greater Cleveland Police Officers. Well, if your wife would like to come, because if she would, if you, she would enjoy it, no, she's, she's going to be, she's going to be at my table. She's going to be at my table with me. So. Oh, darn it. Okay. Well, again, but I appreciate I you making us aware of it. Where people can get their tickets for April 6th, and it's, it's the feature, one of the teams is Backing the Blue with law enforcement, families, and friends that are creating their own style show. It sounds like we're going to be doing something very similar in two different venues, and that is supporting police officers and their families. Kate, thank you so much. I do appreciate that. It's 1031. We'll get uh, news now on AM 1420. The 5th. Ten thirty six. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I want to remind you, uh, time is running out for you to take advantage of our tremendous opportunity to feed starving people, 
to provide life-saving medication for sick people uh, to to bring relief to the suffering, starving people of Haiti, the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere, the poorest of the poor. They're undergoing right now just circumstances that you and I cannot possibly fathom. And I don't care what stra- status level you're at with respect to your own economic uh, uh, lives right now, uh, you cannot understand what they're dealing with there. Food for the Poor is one of the few organizations still on the ground helping Haiti, and we're trying to help Food for the Poor so that we can help the starving people of Haiti. Through the end of this month, so we only have three days left, your opportunity to be a business benefactor is still there. Donate $500 from your business to Food for the Poor. We'll give you $1,000 worth of free advertising on AM 1420 The Answer. You get double the return of your donation investment, a free advertising. And, oh, by the way, you also get to write off the $500. It's tax deductible. So you make that tax deductible $500 donation by the end of this month. We'll give you $1,000 worth of free ads on AM 1420. The answer, we get nothing. We get nothing. You get free advertising. The people of Haiti get food and life-saving medication. And we just want to be that conduit. We just want to bring these two things together because we care. And uh, that's what we want to see if you do as well. Please call 844-868-4673. Again, 844-868-4673. Or you can click the banner ad for Food for the Poor. It's at the top of our webpage right now, which is whkradio.com. I cannot tell you how successful this campaign has been. There are so many generous people making donations, business owners making donations, taking advantage of this. Um, it's been wonderful, and let's bring it home strong. Three days left in this campaign, especially if you're a business owner, you cannot lose in this situation. All right. Uh, State's attorney Kim Fox in the city of Chicago made the deal that set Jesse Smollett free. The dropping of the charges in no way exonerates Mr. Smollett. Um, he was afforded an opportunity that we have under our alternative prosecutions unit that in exchange for the community service and his bond forfeiture, the case would be dropped. Um, we can't ask him to do that if we believe, in fact, that he is innocent. Um, and the only way that we can ask, we have an ethical obligation. And so this was in exchange for that forfeiture because we do believe, in fact, um, that we would be able to prove that he's guilty of the charges. That so we charged. believe we could prove him guilty of the charges of faking a, a, a hate crime, but because he was able to afford ten grand, he's set free. No, no punishment, no trial, no prosecution. In other words, equal justice under the law does not exist. If you're wealthy enough to afford to buy your way out with a $10,000 forfeiture of a bond, you're free to go. And oh, by the way, go stuff envelopes for Jesse Jackson and the Rainbow Push Coalition for your community service. This is insane. Let's try to get some sanity here. Joining us now uh, is our guest. Dr. Wilfred Riley is an African-American professor at Kentucky State University. He knows all about hoax hate crimes. As a matter of fact, he wrote the book, literally, about them. It's called Hate Crime Hoax, How the Left is Selling a Fake Race War. He joins us now to make some sense of this on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Riley, thank you for joining us. How are you, sir? Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm doing very well. What about you? Uh, You know, I'm doing all right. Uh, I appreciate you asking. I'd be better if I felt like the uh, uh, that there was equal justice under the law. Uh, As it turns out, privilege does exist. It's wealth privilege. It's fame privilege. uh, And it's a politically connected privilege, it would appear, in the city of Chicago. Yeah, a comedian where I live in Kentucky said that the Jesse Smollett case did to the idea of white privilege what O.J. Simpson probably did to his wife, which is a dark but funny line. 
Um, <laughs> it is both of those things, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so obviously there are privileges in society. There's the privilege of being aggressive. There's the privilege of being high IQ, good looking, but most importantly, well ahead of race. There's the privilege of being rich. Um, in the law, my background is law, although I'm an enjoyable guy despite that. I graduated from U of I Law in 2005. <laughs> but I mean, you know, in the law, we actually talk about what's called rich man's privilege. I mean, we saw, for example, Teddy Kennedy in, I believe, the late 1960s literally get into a situation where he drowned a volunteer on one of his political campaigns, uh, was never, as I recall, seriously prosecuted. Across the aisle, although I like him a bit better, I mean, George W. Bush, uh, 70s, drove very drunk, crashed through a neighbor's hedgerow, still in his car. I don't think much of anything happened there. Beto O'Rourke, probably the most ridiculous of these cases, uh, current candidate for president, um, he was involved in an accident on the highway, hit a truck while he was blind drunk. He had a blood alcohol content of about .30 and tried to drive away in the other direction on the wrong side of the highway. And I don't think he's been a day in jail. So Jesse Smollett is merely the heir to a long tradition of treating wealthy defendants with good, well-connected lawyers differently. That is a very, very great point and some very great examples of how uh, the, the wealthy and, again, the politically connected, because yeah, I think that certainly applies in, in at least most of those cases. I don't know how politically connected Beto was when that happened. I mean, he wasn't in Congress at that time, right? This is uh, when he was younger? No, but his father was one of the most powerful judges in Texas. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So there was a political connection there. So, so they do have those in common. What um, this particular case with Jesse Smollett does not share with the others is, of course, the hoax hate crime part of this. The uh, I'm going to. I'm going to strike a blow for gay men and for black men uh, by pretending to be beat up by red hat wearing, black mask wearing, but I still knew they were white. So white men wearing black masks and red hats screaming, this is MAGA country, and beating me up at 2 o'clock in the morning as they went out for a Subway sandwich and in temperatures that were 30 below. That's what he tried to sell us. The investigation, as thorough as the day is long by the Chicago police, found out, yeah, no, that's not what happened. This was a hoax hate crime. That one, that makes this case just a little bit different. Now, you're an expert in this. You wrote a book on this. Can you tell me uh, how how um, frequent or how common do you think this type of thing is? Uh, I think it's quite common, unfortunately. If I had to sum up the pitch line for hate crime hoax, the book in a sentence, it is that most of the high-profile, at least widely publicized hate crime incidents that we've seen in the past four or five years have turned out to be hoaxes. So there's no doubt that the Jussie Smollett case involved a hoax. Uh, but a week before that began, we saw Covington Catholic, where the original claim was that this group of prep school athletes surrounded a literal Native American Indian elder and shaman chanted, build the wall, tried to take his rain drum away, never had Vietnam veteran, too, uh, by the way. Phony, phony Vietnam veteran, that part of the story, too. Yeah, he had been in the military, but his uh, his uh, duty designation had been refrigerator repairman, and he'd been AWOL half the time. I mean, many of these cases become almost funny. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, Nathan Phillips was not, you're saying, absolutely correct, the victim in that case. But uh, just a year and a half before that, you saw Yasmin Saweet, the young woman who claimed that Trump supporters attacked her viciously on a train, ripped her favorite hijab. Uh, Eastern Michigan, there were multiple reports of graffiti, I believe six, targeting black students. Air Force Academy, where you had a literal general, um, General J. Silveria, come to the campus and speak out against racism after what looked like a series of racial fights. Uh, Grand Rapids, where a young black girl claimed that boorish white men literally urinated on her. Key in college, you know, a series of death threats. 
Wisconsin Parkside, that's the one that makes you think about nooses all over campus. Uh, University of Virginia, where the claim was that the fraternities were running kind of these anti-feminist rape rings, a la the story of O. Uh, Duke lacrosse, uh, sort of the OG, the claim that an entire athletic team had attacked a stripper. All of these cases have in common that they were fakes. So in putting together the book, Hopes, uh, I actually compiled a data set that's now up to 516 confirmed cases of fake hate crime. And some of them are simply ridiculous. In one case, a left-wing Israeli hacker phoned in something like 250 threats to American Jewish centers and tried to pin them on the U.S. right. So this is not a new thing. This is not an uncommon phenomenon, unfortunately. The Duke lacrosse was one of the earlier ones, but I don't know if that's the OG. I would think probably Tawana Brawley would be the OG, yes? Well, actually, yes, you're right. Good. I mean, yeah, that's uh, there's... There's an entire chapter in the book that I call something like the forefathers, but I talk about, we've seen this spread epidemically in the social media era, by the way. I don't think it's much of a coincidence that Facebook went national in 2005, Duke lacrosse occurred in 2006. And a lot of the things like the group of 88 petition that occurred in that case would have been very difficult to get national publicity for without modern media. But yeah, some of these cases do date back into the 80s, even the 1970s. I mean, so Tawana Brawley, obviously, a young black woman from Wappinger Falls, New York, who claimed that she was kidnapped, uh, taken to the woods, and sexually abused by a group of men that included a uniformed police officer and the Dutchess County District Attorney. And despite the open lunacy of that claim, a la Jussie Smollett's, this became a national story. This is what catapulted Al Sharpton into the spotlight for good or ill. So you're probably right. That would that would be the OG story. Although you might also say uh, Sabrina Collins at Emory, the woman who claimed that every night for a month her dorm room was attacked by white racists who tore up her stuffed animals and so on down the line. Wow. Yeah, you know what? That one doesn't get as much pub, but that's a great one as well. We're talking with Dr. Wilfred Riley, the author of... Uh, of a hate crime hoax, how the left is selling a fake race war. Dr. Riley, let, we, we could sit here and list all of these uh, crimes that you've covered uh, in your book and compare them to Jesse Smollett, but it's not just the crimes, it's what is done to them. Now, we know that in this case, Jesse Smollett is escaping justice. Uh, he's been given a political pass. I think uh, we, we've covered uh, that pretty well on the program, but we've been talking about the connections between uh, uh, between uh, uh, Jussie Smollett and his sisters and their connection to Michelle Obama's former chief of staff and so on and so forth and how they all intervened on his behalf. But But going to some of the other ones that you cover in your book, are people properly punished for these hoax hate crimes? And I'm guessing the answer is no, because that is what is encouraging and emboldening others to commit them. When they see people get away with them, the way Justice Smollett is, there is going to be no repercussions whatsoever. It only emboldens others to try such stupid things, does it not? Yeah, I think, I think that's an insightful point. So there, there are two things there. First of all, if I can do a minute on this, there's no doubt that Justice Smollett is guilty. I'm very comfortable. I have a legal background. I'm aware of the libel laws. I'm very comfortable saying that there's no doubt of it. I mean, in this case, there was literally a video of the two Nigerian brothers involved in the case. That's the Osan Dario brothers buying red hats, ski masks, and five-foot lengths of rope a few days before the assault. And that's not me saying this is a center-right political commentator. You can literally find it by Googling video sure. shows brothers linked to Smollett attack buying items. That's from National CBS. That's live on YouTube right now. The brothers themselves say Smollett paid them to attack him. The brothers have a signed check from Smollett for the exact cost of the attack. 
Um, the prosecutor very openly said they were not acquitting. Smollett had to pay at least $10,000 in bond, fully forfeited. Smollett had to do community service. The prosecutor said they thought Smollett was guilty. So, Jussie Smollett's attempt to spin this as, well, now I've been vindicated is beyond absurd. And yes, of course, that does, this kind of thing does lead more people to commit these kind of acts. If you look at hate crime sentences in general, hate crime hoax sentences, they tend to be extremely, extremely light. Uh, I will note that the same thing is true in cases of false sexual assault, by the way. The usual charge, if there is one, is a misdemeanor claim of false police report. Uh, Many people have proposed that the sentence instead should be that you receive the penalty that would have gone to people who committed the crime you made up. And there's, there's some argument for that, but that's not what we do. My hand is in the air. I, I'm one of those. I mean, I, I'm one of those. <laughs> I, I, I feel the same way because I feel like the punishment does need to be something that deters other people from doing such terrible things. There's there's nothing worse, in my view, than being called a rapist or being called a racist. One letter difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, and when you are not either of those things, because then you have to try to prove the negative. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I didn't. Your life can be ruined. And I feel like anybody who tries to do that to you uh, should face, you know, the same thing that you're going to face. But I, I, I apologize. Go right ahead. No, I think I think you've convinced me. Actually, I mean, there's a yeah. These are these are serious incidents. I mean, what you said, if Jesse Smollett had been telling the truth, your description of it early in the show is pretty spot on. I mean, he would have been what is it, twenty below zero? He would have been attacked during a blizzard by two white men. I don't know how he identified them as white, but let's just move on. They were wearing <laughs> red MAGA hats. They were wearing patriotic ski masks in the original depiction. I'm not even sure if that means an eagle. Um, they had a rope with them. They had a knotted rope noose. They had a bottle of bleach. It's worth noting bleach freezes at 19 degrees above zero, by the way. But, okay, let's move on. Um, <laughs> they, recognize, they recognize this guy immediately. And someone who's been in court. This is the most ridiculous story I've ever heard. But um, they recognize Jesse Smollett immediately from Empire, which is a show that just is number one among rural Trump supporters. I mean, the whole thing was completely absurd. And the big thing for me in terms of should Smollett get you know two to five like any other criminal defendant is the cost of this. So Chicago's estimated that it spent about 3,000 police man-hours looking at tape to try to solve the Smollett case. And that actually goes beyond should Smollett be punished into some real questions about society. Uh, One of the ones that comes to my mind is why have we become so focused on race that one case in which a black man says he was lightly beaten up should take priority over the probably 40 murders in Chicago involving African-Americans, Italian-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Irish-Americans, people of every color, for a month? And the answer apparently was yes. This was viewed, racism was viewed as such an explicit evil in our society at our time, that that is the sort of resource dedication the Smollett case got. And Jesse does have to do something to pay that back. Well, he should. Anyway, I don't know what it's going to be, but he should. And uh, uh, Dr. Riley, I got to tell you, I, I'm out of time here, so I got to go. But uh, you made a big mistake here. Your mistake was, was you were too you were too insightful and too entertaining. And I'm going to bother you to come back on a lot now. So uh, yeah, I apologize for that in Fine advance. That. But you're going to you're going to get a lot of requests because this was a very very insightful conversation, and I really do appreciate it. Uh, the book again. Uh, that you want to pick up for uh, from uh, Dr. Riley is Hate Crime Hoax, Hoax, excuse me, Hate Crime Hoax, How the Left is Selling a Fake Race War. Dr. Wilford Riley is the author, and he's also a professor uh, down in Kentucky, and I forgot the university, uh, sir, once again. Your university, right, Dr. Riley. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no, I'm I sorry, sir. I was, to, I was just trying to, I'm sorry? 
Kentucky State University. Kentucky State. I'm sorry, I didn't want to say UK. I knew it wasn't UK, and I, I didn't want to make the mistake there. But Dr. Riley, really, seriously, uh, a tremendous uh, uh, conversation about the book. I'm going to pick it up myself and encourage others to do so, and we will reach out again very soon. Thank you so much for coming on. Sounds great. Have a good day. You got it. You do the same. That's Dr. Wilfred Riley. Let's get traffic one final time on AM 1420. The answer. We're back after this. 30. All right, final segment of the Bob France Authority is a short one, as it often is at 1055. we got just about four and a half minutes left for you. Let's get a few phone calls in before we are done. Mike in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go ahead, sir. Um, Hello, Mike. Can, okay, there you are. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, quick, quick question. The one question no one has ever asked, is the subway open at 2 in the morning? I have heard people ask that, and I have heard tell that in some big cities they are. Some of them do stay open that late, um, kind of like 24-hour McDonald's and 24-hour Taco Bells and some of those kinds of things, that there are subways in some cities. I can't confirm this particular city, but some have said, yeah, that's the case. Why don't you find send an intern and find out what subway he was walking to, call him up, and ask their hours. Well, here's the, I mean, the, the one thing that we do have from the photographs, the one thing, hey Mike, the one thing we do have from the photographs of his, uh, you know, in the aftermath of his alleged beating is he was holding a Subway sandwich bag. So either he, that was part of the staging and he had it from earlier and worked that whole thing out or actually did go and get one in order to then be accosted on the way back by his two buddies. But either way, um, you know, the hoax remains the same, whether it's open or not. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, there is there is a picture of with the subway sand, which is one of the things, by the way, that, you know, underscores the nature of the hoax, right? There's this video and pictures of him after the uh, the alleged attack carrying his undisturbed subway sandwich rather than it being smashed or whether the, rather than it being left on the street. He was carrying it. He was holding it in his uh, in his apartment after he was allegedly attacked by these two big bodybuilders, by the way, that he fought off so valiantly because he's so tough. He was able to fight them off despite getting injured to, injuries to his ribs and everything else. Um, he managed to pick up his Subway sandwich after fighting, or he never dropped it during his fighting and somehow still managed to escape. I mean, the whole story is just so much hogwash. Uh, whether or not a Subway was open at that hour, honestly, is, is almost irrelevant because the entirety of the story is a farce anyway. Jim in West Park, AM 1420, The Answer, next. Hi, Jim. Yes, Bob. Thank your um, wife and daughter for steering me towards a Navy man, Norm. Uh, he's right up Oh, yeah, alley. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, he what? He's right up my alley. Yeah, he's uh, he's a wonderful he guy. He really is. Dog. Yeah. But anyways, I wanted to ask you about this pre-existing condition. I brought this up a, a, a number, of, maybe a month or two ago, about being gay uh, or homosexual. Is that considered a pre-existing condition? Now, if if I'm a liar, is that a pre-existing condition? Uh, if, if, I, if I'm a conspiracy theorist, is that considered a... So you need to get an expert like um, Dr. Carson or maybe go through uh, um, Jim Jordan to, 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 to really lay out what a pre-existing... Because it could be anything. Yeah, it's you not know? your fault if you if you were born that way. If you were born, uh, that's such a Jim. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. That's uh, only only from the mind of Jim in West Park. That's a pretty funny one. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. 
uh, tomorrow on the program. It will be a free-for-all Friday. Maria Espinosa from the Remembrance Project will be joining us to talk about the unbelievable crisis at our border that has only gotten worse in recent days. That'll be on tomorrow's program. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's next. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 